The Mike Morgan Podcast, guaranteed to make you laugh. Not a guarantee. Hello and welcome to the Mike Morgan Podcast. I hope you all had a very spooky Halloween. I had a great Halloween. I dressed my daughter up as a pumpkin uh, and in a different pumpkin the next day. So I feel like I've had the cutest pumpkin in the world. Um, I can't deal with the cuteness. All my daughter's clothes every morning. I'm like bawling, crying. I'm like, I cannot deal with this cuteness going on right now. So, yeah, I'm very happy. Had a great Halloween. My house didn't get egged. So thanks to everybody who listened to the podcast and didn't drive out to Tupac House and egg my house. So, um, yeah, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. So I hope you all had a very spooky Halloween. And welcome back to the podcast. So what we're going to do today, we're going to start with a song, guys. We're going to start with a song and we'll move on to some other interesting topics. Um, A few people liked my rap, No Wilson. And you know what? This is something I do anyway. This is like if I... I will go into a room and I will make myself write for an hour, okay? I I might write for an hour, 90 minutes. Whatever happens, happens. I might write three of the best jokes that I can take on tour and earn money from, but 90% of the time, it's a lot of shit that I can't take out of my sitting room, but it's all the process, you know? So in order to write one good minute in comedy, you actually have to write 20 shit minutes. That's what they say. (laughs) So what I do anyway, I, I, I be jotting things down, whatever's on my mind, and then it could end up as a song, it could end up as a joke, it could end up as a sketch for TikTok, uh, a YouTube, it could end up as absolutely nothing. But on this podcast, if I make something and before I throw it in the bin, I'm just going to do it on, on the podcast. Because I have books upon books in my sitting room filled with my ideas, okay? Absolute nonsense. Absolute garbage. None of them will ever see the light of day. But I found it funny at the time when I was writing it. And it might have ended up as something else. Often I will write something that, yeah, look, I can't bring it to stage, but it might click and it might it, it might go into another joke. It might mean that it's a sketch. It might mean that it's a tag in another joke I have. So it's constantly evolving. So today's song, guys, it's called The Dyslexic Wordsmith. And it's dedicated to anybody that went to school and had to do pass English. Do you know English? Do you know your first language, English? And you had to do ordinary level English because the teachers told you that if you fail English, you fail your leaving, okay? And they didn't tell you in future that you will have predictive text on your phone. Spelling won't matter by the time I leave school because you will have a device on your phone that will correct your spelling for you anyway. So what was it all about? So many good, intelligent kids were told not to do something in my time in school because of what might happen if you fail the leaving. What might happen if you if you can't find X in maths? I did higher level maths up to about 50, all right? And I have not been, I not once since I left school have I have to find X. Not once did anybody stop me in the streets like, story kid, can you find X there for me? Not once has that happened to me. I had to study it for ages, but not once did I have to do that. And then I, you're made feel kind of stupid in school. Not stupid, because loads of people did pass English. And the, thinking back, I'm probably the only guy that uses the English language to make any sort of living out of my class. No, not saying that I make the biggest living out of my class. In fact, I would say I make probably the least living out of everybody in my class. But what I will say is I'm the only guy using a pen and paper anymore. I'm the dyslexic guy that went to do pass, but I'm the only guy out of everybody now that actually writes for a living and has to... So the teacher was wrong, like. The teacher was just wrong. Everybody else can use a laptop, predictive text, all that kind of stuff, uh, spell check, all that kind of stuff, but no. If you can't spell, you're going to fail your leaving. So stupid. When you could have nurtured a lot of people into writing something else, it doesn't have to spell. Like, I often get my joke, my joke book, I've often left it at another comedian's house. Like, I might have left it at Cornelius's house, or I might have left it at... um, 
you know, I, I remember actually last year, Bernard Casey, the comedian, I was supporting him and I left my joke book behind. And he was like, oh, you left your joke book behind. Uh, I, I, I'm going to steal all your steal all your jokes. Ha <laughs> ha. Obviously a joke, right? But I am so comfortable that no one could ever read through my comedy book and take any jokes because they're all spelled terribly. They're all wrote in a way that only I could understand. Do you know that kind of way? But because you can't spell it perfectly, you're shit at English. I don't get it. I don't get it. Same with maths in school. Same with English in school. All this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I just think it was all nonsense. Because thinking back, I'm the only one now that uses the English language. And thinking back, the other guys in my past English guys were actually the smartest, most think-outside-the-box dude that I'd ever meet. I went to an all-boys school, so that's why I'm saying dude. There was no girls in my class. And if there was, they did a good job in hiding it. So... Yeah, so this, uh, this this song is called uh, The Dyslexic Wordsmith and it's a shout out to everybody that was forced to do pass English because their teacher was so afraid that they would fail higher level and uh, and it all didn't matter. It All that stress, it didn't matter. If there's anybody that's in school and listening to this, it all doesn't matter. Do you, boo-boo. Do what you want to do and go hard and you will find you will find the finish line, okay? Like, I'm actually, I'm actually going out with a... My girlfriend is an English teacher now. Like, English teachers told me I used to amount to nothing. Now I mount English teachers. So that'll tell you what kind of shit they're talking. Do you know what I mean? So let's hit it. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going for an English drill vibe in this one. For this one, I'm going to go for... Um, the first verse is going to be Cypress Hill vibes. If you can remember uh, Insane in the Membrane, I'm going to go for that vibe. And then the second verse, I'm going to go for a Biggie Smalls vibe. So switching it up a small bit. I'll go back to UK drill maybe in my next song. But um, yeah, again, no beat, no nothing. And sure, look, it, I was about to just throw this into the bin anyway. So might as well perform it on the podcast before I throw it into the bin. Okay, so the dyslexic wordsmith, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoy it. Like and subscribe and all that jazz, okay? Ah-am. No hable, no hable, no hable inglés. No hable, what? No hable, no hable inglés. No hable, no hable, no hable inglés. No hable, what? No hable, what? No hable inglés. Your mother's your driver, you silly goose. Hand me the screwdriver, I got a fucking screw loose. Motherfucker, screw you. Dancing like it's footloose. Your mama call me Iceman, I call her Baby Goose. Motherfucker, who you? I train like Choo Choo. Stab you like voodoo. I'm sick like I got the flu. Make you shit your pants, motherfucker. Call me Vindaloo. No hable, no hable, no hable, signore. No hable, what? No hable. No hable, signore. No hable, no hable, no hable, inglés. No hable, what? No hable, no hable, inglés. My flow was so super cadger-fragilistic, expialidocious. Your flow's atrocious, you already know this. I can't focus enough to spell Ford Focus. Still got you under my spell like Hocus Pocus. I don't need a beat to murder you. Did it occur to you? Your own mama never heard of you. These English teachers, I can't stand them. Make me throw a tantrum, grab my 44 Magnum, grab your brother who was so handsome. Shame what happens when you don't pay the ransom. No hable, no hable, no hable, signore. No hable, no hable, no hable, inglés. 
Mi casa, su casa, tranquillo, signore. Be tu tu sembalido, bebintio, signore. Mantio, cranquillo, el toro diablo. El sino, abrio, atino, signore. So, uh, yeah, there you go, guys, the dyslexic wordsmith. Like and subscribe. Maybe put a beat behind it if you know anybody that, that does beats. Oh, my God, my life's a joke. Anyway, that's what I get up to uh, for an hour a day. Sometimes it's jokes. Sometimes it's a stupid rap that'll never see the light of day. But it all helps. I even feel when you write something, it's real. Even when it don't see the light of day, when you write something, your juices get flowing, you get creative. I'm a different person when I'm not creative. I'm a, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm moody. As long as, if, even if I just go in and make a rap, make a joke, make anything at all, I'm a better person for it. Once I write something down, I'm a better boyfriend, I'm a better father, I'm a better worker, I'm better at comedy, everything, and the juices are flowing, and it's all positivity, and it keeps me away from the dark side of life and the dark things that you can get trapped into, i.e., like gambling we were talking about the last day. So, like... I don't know, maybe people are different. But if you're ever feeling down, don't grab a laptop. Well, do if it, if, if, if it suits you, grab a laptop. But to me, there's nothing more real than a pen and a paper. Once you just write a poem, write down what you feel. Because the moment that ink hits the, hits the page, it's real. It's your thoughts. It's original to you. You made it. Do you know? I find it helps my mental health anyway. And I'll do anything I can to help my mental health. <laughs> So the other thing that I want to talk about on today's podcast, two seconds, I have to left my, leave my dog out. She decides to walk just as I start talking again. She's always here when I do my podcast, baby area. My dog, oh, she's always here, but uh, she's leaving the room at the moment, making the audio. It's all good now. Anyway, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was at the weekend, I watched uh, the boxing match between Tyson Fury and Ungano. Now, I have no interest in boxing, I know nothing about boxing, but I'm sick of Saudi Arabia ruining sports. Now, this is not a sports podcast, I know that, we've, we've changed, but I have to talk about how corrupt everything is becoming. Okay, so at the weekend, Jess's little brother and sister came down, her brother's only 17, loves boxing. I said, you know what we'll do? We'll book the fight. So the fight was like, I've never booked a fight on box office, I was like, alright, okay, whatever. So 26 euro or something it was to watch the fight, okay? Now, I watched this fight. Uh, I watched it, it was on in Saudi Arabia, and it was the weirdest thing i ever seen. I watched one fella kick the head off one fella, and the guy who I thought won lost, and seemed happy to lose, do you know? I thought it was the most corrupt thing I've ever seen in my life. One guy's face looked like it got punched in, the other guy's face, clean as a whistle, pretty. He looked pretty after the fight. And like I say, I know nothing about boxing, so maybe he did win fair and square. But then I listened to other commentators talk, and they were like, no, he didn't win. This is a bit weird, isn't it? He got his face kicked in. How, how, how was he winning? Do you know? And it, even Saudi Arabia itself. Now, we all know that they've, brought, they've bought golf. They've bought soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo and his girlfriend were sitting front row at the boxing event last Saturday. And I'd say she's the first woman in the history of Saudi Arabia to sit front row at anything. I didn't see any other woman other than Cristiano Ronaldo's girlfriend. Do you know? Which is wrong. Like, it's wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? What, 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 are, we say, what are we saying? Are we just going to stand back and let that happen? We all have sisters, mothers, girlfriends, wives, daughters, and we're just going to let that happen. 
Do you know? And the other thing, not one person was drinking. Now, I know you're not allowed to drink in some of these nations, but I'm on about a Coke. I'm on about a glass of water. I watched the whole ten rounds. I seen the crowd for an hour. Not one person took a sip of water. It was the weirdest thing ever. I don't know, do I like this Saudi Arabia thing at all? Now, having said that, if they want to buy stand-up comedy, I'm available, Saudi Arabia. If you want me to do a gig for, I don't know, a million euros a night, oh, oh, I love Saudi Arabia. If that's the case, I'm going there and I'm taking the money, okay? But what I cannot stand is these athletes going over, taking the money, and then having the audacity to say is, I didn't, I, I didn't come here for the money. I came here for the love of Saudi Arabia. Now, in particular, there's this player. His name is Jordan Henderson, former captain of Liverpool. Loved the dude. My dad loves the dude. My dad actually has a mug, and we got it from it's And it says, Mrs. Jordan Henderson. That's how much my dad loves Jordan Henderson, okay? So... We, Jordan Henderson left Liverpool, went over to Saudi Arabia for a bag of money, okay? That's okay. We'd all do the same. I don't care if you're a hairdresser, a vet, a doctor. I don't care. You would, if, if Saudi Arabia were offering you 100x the amount of money that you get, and it's tax-free over in Saudi Arabia as well, we'd all do it. But none of us would turn around and say, we're trying to change the culture. We're not in it for the money. We're trying to change the culture in Saudi Arabia. Well, that's what Jordan Henderson is saying. Jordan Henderson was a... Um, he used to he used to politically fight for the rights of LGBTQ plus community. That's what he used to do. He used to wear rainbow laces. Anybody that wears rainbow laces, that means you're uh, you're in support of the LGBT community. Now, since Jordan Henderson has gone to Saudi Arabia, he has stopped wearing all the rainbow laces, the rainbow armband, stopped speaking speaking out for gay people's rights, and he was shoving it down our throats for the last ten years. Treat gay people better. Uh, we we need inclusion in football. Girls should be allowed to play football. Anybody doesn't matter your sexual orientation you should be allowed to play football and then he fucks off over to Saudi Arabia where if you're gay you get your dick chopped off do you know what I mean like what are we doing here like who are our sports stars I'd rather I want to get my dad's mug and smash it off the wall the clown I swear to god because now he's coming around going uh, I, I'm actually doing it uh, to support the LGBT community I'm supporting this in Saudi Arabia he hasn't opened his mouth in Saudi Arabia about all he's done is do Instagram posts posts saying um, oh thank you t- to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Prince Al Nazir or whatever the fuck his name is thanks to him thanks to everybody do you know what I mean what's that we all got friends and family who are gay man and you've just turned around and, and just and just done that do you know what I mean? I have no love for Jordan Henderson anymore. He wrecks my head. I had a Jordan Henderson top. It's gone away and out to the wardrobe, and I'll probably sell it to charity. Or not even sell it, just give it away to charity. I have no mess in that jersey anymore. Because to start off with, Jordan Henderson wasn't even a great footballer. It was the character that we all liked. Do you know? The professionalism, all that kind of stuff. And now on top of that, Jordan Henderson played a game in Saudi Arabia two months, or sorry, last month. And there were 750 people at the game. And he's going over there not for money, but to change the culture. To what? 750 people. Are you, we get more people showing up to Boher Celtic matches on a Sunday morning. And he's, and he's over in Saudi Arabia trying to change. Just stop. Anybody going over to Saudi Arabia, go over there, collect your money and shut up. Just shut up. We're, we all know you're going there for the money. I would go there for the money. But I wouldn't have the audacity to turn around and shove it in your face and say, I'm not going for the money. I'm not going for the money. It's a joke. But like I said, if there's anybody from Saudi Arabia thinking of opening up a comedy club in, in, in fucking Riyadh, I'm your man. I'm your man. I'll 100% do a gig. Uh, my, I, I'm a million euros an hour. That's what I am. Um, so, yeah, if there's anybody listening out there from Saudi Arabia, I don't think I have any listeners from Saudi Arabia. I have one guy from Morocco. Not to put you in the same 
bracket or anything like that, but that's closer to Saudi Arabia than I am. So the guy listening to me from Morocco, or girl, I only know there's a person listening from Morocco. If you can uh, uh, get onto Saudi Arabia and set up a comedy club, I will be there, no problem. Forget what I said. I will delete this podcast. If they ask me to go do a comedy gig, I will delete this podcast. I'll meet up with Jordan Henderson, high-five him, and click my paycheck. Uh, but I will never shove it down anybody's throat that I'm going there to change the culture. And you know, and you know, if there was a comedy gig to do over in Saudi Arabia as well, there'd be loads of stuff you can't say. I guarantee you, any comedian going over to these places would get a list of things and go, here's a list five pages long of what you can't say. I'd say you can't say anything about the government, don't say anything about women, nothing about sex. I'd say there's loads of things you can't do. But no, we're all going over to change the culture and not take a big bag of money. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say, guys, because I watched that fight at the weekend, and it's corrupt. All of Saudi Arabia is corrupt, I don't mind saying it. I watched a boxing match, and I'm a guy who doesn't even know the rules of boxing. And your man was a clear winner, and they still held up Tyson Fury's hand, because it was predetermined beforehand. And the guy that lost was happy to lose. You know, so there's something fishy about that. Usually if you lose a close decision, you're like, no, I want a rematch. That's a joke. The judges are a joke. Do you know? Nah, he was delighted. He was like, oh, it's great to be here. Thank you to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I'd love to come back. You know he's getting a bag of money just to lose that game, just, just to take it, do you know? But um, yeah, guys, so Saudi Arabia, corrupt. Um, but I will do comedy gigs there. I am in ta- I'm not in Riyadh tonight, but I'm in Tala tonight. So if you are listening to this podcast on Wednesday the 1st, I will be in Tala tonight. A few people asking me about Dublin gigs. So yeah, Tala was tonight. Um, I'm in Scaries next week, which is, I-, I believe, the posh side of Dublin. So next Thursday, I will be in Scaries. And then I'll be back in Dublin then. Uh, is it the 7th and 8th of December? I'll be in the Crack Den in the city centre. I'll be doing two shows on the Friday night. I'll be doing three shows on the Saturday night. So, yeah, if you're from Dublin, you can see me tonight, next Thursday, or it's the 7th and 8th of December. So, uh, to all the Dublin people, I might catch you in Tala tonight. If not, I might catch you in Scaries next week. If not, I'll catch you another time, maybe the crack day next month. A uh, couple of cork gigs later on in the month as well, up in the Coco Club. Um, I'm in Sea Church the start of December. I'm in Coco Club as well uh, in December. Um, so, yeah. Check out, uh, here, fuck it, yeah, yeah, just go to my Instagram pages, I'll put, I'll put my tickets up there, um, yeah, guys, thanks for listening, peace and love, y'all, peace and love.